And we are back with another morning roast edition of the Black Window Cream podcast, where every Wednesday morning we deep dive into creative topics with the goal of giving you motivation and inspiration. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, aka Ben Real Verse World, and this is my co host, David Molave. What up, Dave? What's happening? Happy New Year's, bro. Happy New Year's, bro. Happy New Year's Eve, actually. Happy New Year's Eve, bro. 2020, bro. 2019's over, bro. It's Dizon. It's behind us. It's in the rear view, bro. That's crazy, bro. It is. This is also what's crazy. I was with uh, Lewis Howes the other day, and he said the words, it's a new decade. And that shit's weird to hear. But it's also like, damn. Everyone's saying that, though. Well, whatever. He was the first person that said it to me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. We are going into a new decade. That shit's fucking dope. Yeah, that's tight. No, it's a good way to look at it, because I feel like now it's like you have a clean slate. If you thought the last decade sucked for you, well, now you have this decade to look forward yeah, to yeah, and try to kill it. Frame it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we decided to call today's episode top 12 creator lessons for from 2019. Yep. Sorry. Couldn't say that shit. Right. Uh, and the reason we did that was because we've had amazing guests on this podcast and we wanted to take one from at least every month almost and highlight some of the banger gems that they left behind in those interviews. Um, if you're newer to the podcast, we highly suggest you always go back and check out the catalog because it's thick as fuck, full of gems, amazing, amazing content, uh, awesome lessons that you can stand to learn by listening to each episode. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I also think that our goal with this episode is, uh, you know, we're all trying to get super motivated this new year's and we're coming back from vacation and we're trying to kick ass. Right. And I think, uh, with the podcast, maybe there's a lot of people who kind of listen it to listen to it for the surface level story, like oh, how did this person do X Y Z? But if you really listen deep deeper than that, it's like some real like lessons that you can apply like right now in your your creative career, right? Even if you're not in the same positions as these people, and so we'll try to like show you what those are and point you to the episodes that you could go listen to. Exactly. So. Yeah, we're going to do that. But if you're new to the podcast, you're probably wondering... What the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black With No Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black With No Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. And without further ado, I bring to you this morning roast episode and the second most epic podcast intro ever created, right? Motherfucking no! Take some fucking notes, you bitch. Okay, okay, okay. I think uh, I think we just get right into it now. Yeah, let's, just, let's make it jam packed. All right, jam packed. This is gonna be. I mean, every single person that's on this list, they're they're incredible people. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. First and foremost, we appreciate you guys. Every creator that's ever blessed this table with uh, their presence. Um, it's cool that I'm in a position where I'm able to hit these people up and like kind of hold them accountable to coming in and sharing their feedback and their ideas to the world. Because um, I know not everyone has enough time to do this type of shit, and I think it's very important for the culture of creatives. So the first person we want to highlight um, is our boy Kaido. 
He is P. Diddy's photographer, director. He's been working with him for a number of years. The kid is so young and so talented um, and has made a, a ridiculous name for himself. I think that his story is like one of the funnier stories I've ever heard of, of like how someone got found. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like you always right. hear about these different stories and his is so unique. Um, shit is hilarious to me. It's probably one of the most talked about stories on the podcast. Yeah, it definitely opinion. is. I think it's one, one of the most memorable, like it's kind of like sounds like a movie, like a movie plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that, that story is definitely sticks in our mind and we did it at the beginning of the year. And I think some of the biggest lessons, uh, two big lessons a creator to take from it is, uh, one is, uh, the idea that like how you can build relationships by keeping your camera down, mm-hmm. uh, especially with working with artists. Um, he, when Diddy, uh, he was first get around Diddy working with a different artist, Diddy would never let him shoot. And he would, he always said that he kept his camera in his backpack and he would always respect that rule. And I think that allowed Diddy open to open up to him and allow him to kind of come into like some intimate spaces. Like not understanding that he's not like a clout chaser or something right. like, like that. Right, like he's not in there trying to snap fit of photos of Diddy. He's just right. there to be, to be a person and that, said that it set up for him to kill this opportunity that he got and the second is the power of turning content around quickly mm. and you'll hear in the story about the play he turned the photo around that did he he in the split moment second did he told him to take a photo he took it turned it around edited it gave it to him and that changed his life it's so sick so we're gonna play that right now um but first i want to read this little post that Diddy made yesterday i think this is so cool yeah we recorded this interview maybe like nine months ago or something like at the top of the year. And um, since then he's gone on and done a bunch of commercial work and everything like that. But for Diddy's 50th birthday party just a couple nights ago, he created this really, really cool, unique photo shoot where he captured all these celebrities in like this really high-end environment um, for Vanity Fair. And Diddy made a post. Out of all the posts he could have made and talking about himself, he he credited uh, Kaido. And he said, last night was one of the nights I'll never forget, but something that sticks to me is what my young... <clears throat> is what my young creative Kaido put together uh, for Vanity Fair. All I can say is, wow, I've watched you grow from just a photographer to someone who captures beautiful art. Looking at these images makes me so proud. Thank you, King. I'm like, reading that shit is like the coolest thing. Like he's built such a powerful relationship with someone like Diddy that Diddy would goes above and beyond to show him respect and promote his name and understanding of how powerful he is as under behind the camera, which is so cool. But anyway, yeah, let's get to this. Uh, let's play the clip because the clip is awesome. And if you haven't heard it yet, definitely go back and check out the full episode. Los uh, would go to Puff's house sometimes and Puff would, wouldn't let me take pictures. Then one day I went with Ray J. Puff went on the beach and he was just like walking on the beach and then he was like, yo, come take this picture took the pictures and sent them like to uh his social media managers he went to puff and said like yo can we post this and he was like yeah post that that's that's dope like and then he came up to me and he grabbed my shoulder and he was like hey yo you want to live life i was like (laughs) he went he went like this he was like he was like hey yo you want to live life i was like yeah i was like he was like you want to go to places you've you've never been and make money and see things you've never seen and take pictures like do you really love to do photography i was like yeah i love it like and I, this is the first time he's even looked me in my right. eye so i'm shaking and he was like okay and he walked away and then from there i started working with puff that's just fucking funny dog like do you want to live life I know. Like, can you imagine, bro? That shit's crazy. Do you want to see things you've never seen before? I, I laugh at that every single time. Like, that shit's the funniest thing ever. Shout out to him. If you definitely go search for that, yeah, we'll have links to all this in the in the description too. You definitely want to listen to the full because that's like the condensed version. But to hear like the progression of 
Like it takes a long time for that moment to come to be. You know what I mean? That yeah. moment doesn't just happen. Absolutely. Um, so definitely go check that one out. Uh, next person on the list is our guy Ari Ferroy. Ari is an incredible, incredible director. This dude is like taking the internet and fuck the whole thing up. <laughs> he literally did it for so many creatives. Like his, his work, he's worked with all these major brands. Um, he's has stunned it on Coachella, like just creating the coolest bite-sized social content. That's how we met Cash Bunny. You'll hear her later. Um, but Ari is just a legend. He's worked with all kinds of people. He just did something recently with like Tom Brady and all the- Will it, Smith. Will and- Smith, all these goats. Um, just glad that we were able to get him on and hear his story in full. I know there's a lot of lessons Dave's about to read off, but definitely check out this episode. This guy is a, a beast for sure. So yeah, man, uh, there's there's so many so many things in this episode. Just like uh, I'm definitely a huge fan, but uh, some things I learned were uh, we say it on the podcast a lot: say yes till you can say no. Yep. And with him, you'll hear it in the snippet actually that we play. It was like he he really spends time explaining the process that he was working with a million different clients doing jobs he didn't really like mm. when he first come and came out to LA and how critical that was in his come up because he it taught him how to work with difficult clients and and so many of those challenges that were presented to him forced him to go search YouTube and figure things out that allowed him later to be able to create what he creates, right? And a huge other thing is the fact that when he was working all those jobs, he was creating passion projects on the side that were the and that end up being the ones that are that blew him up in right. terms of getting him to the point where he w- could work doing the things he wanted to do. And I think that's super valuable to listen about. Yeah, you're gonna be surprised when you figure out which job was free that like right. catapulted his career. You know and what I mean? Like, yeah, just like being able to double time and understand like even if you're working on something that you're not extremely passionate about, being able to double time that and know that that can sustain you while your side stuff gets you to where you want to go i think it's super valuable so thanks um yeah this is great uh it was it was until that moment that will smith walked up to him grabbed him by the arm and says do you want to live life <laughs> what if everybody had that story <laughs> <laughs> all right let's play the clip from ari the plan was like always create stuff on the side that's what's gonna go out online and hopefully get me noticed for cooler shit until that blows up because it's gonna take time freelance edit visual effects do whatever i can doesn't have to be a fun job doesn't have to be like a cool job doesn't have to pay a lot as long as it pays a little bit yeah to be able to sustain like my current lifestyle right until this shit blows up you're like um, saying yes to jobs that you had no idea how to do i said yes to every job there yeah. was not a single job in those first two and a half years that i said no to as shitty as those projects were that was me learning how to number one, use a camera, yeah. edit, but also like how to deal with clients. So I kind of knew that there was going to be like a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. Mm. And I think I was just like wanted it so much that it was, that I was totally fine. Like making like Trash. five to five to $10,000 a year yeah. for those first two years. As long as these videos that I'm making on the side will like, you know, blow up in the way that I would hope the guy's got so much knowledge and he's accomplished so much with brands it i just there's no words for what i could say that ari is the fucking goat and you need to listen to his entire episode i promise you that one's a a machine um and just follow i mean if you want inspiration just go start scrolling through that guy's instagram it's just incredible and he's done so well with teamwork what that's one of the things i admire about him the most is he's always crediting the people that he works with that's how we find people like cash money and all these other artists but it's like he's developed the skill set of bringing people around him that are going to elevate the work that he does. Um, 
which is so, I mean, we talk about all the time in morning roast. It's just super important. But um, the next person that we want to highlight is our girl, Ravy B. Um, Raven is a ridiculous photographer. She, we met her on tour with Beyonce and Jay-Z. She's shot for Jay on this 444 tour. Um, and on the podcast, we ended up, wasn't like a traditional podcast where we interviewed her. We had like a creative discussion about touring photography and kind of everything around that world. But I think Raven's episode is just, she's, she's got such a unique angle on life and how she navigates through it and what she does to determine her value as a creator. Um, I think it's just, it's a solid podcast that you're going to, you're going to get a lot of value out of. I feel like also the moment where I got to play her mom, her mom's little message to her was fucking ill. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's awesome. It was her, was it her birthday? No, it was her, uh, her, I just, I asked her mom. So Raven was our hundredth episode and I asked her mom if she'd do me a favor and just let her have some nice words. And she, uh, she fucking sent me her first selfie video ever and said the illest, <laughs> the illest, nicest message to Raven. She like cried on the podcast. It was yeah, awesome. that was awesome. Uh, uh, that was a great moment. Yeah. I think uh, one thing, I mean, we talked about so many cool things in the episode about tour photography and about her creative process and making photos interesting on the road and different gear that she uses, all this stuff. But there was one thing that stuck with me because I've talked to her specifically about this a bunch and it was about, um, her perspective on like social media and like the struggle to like continue with like this race of engagement. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, especially with her having such a big following, it's like people are expecting her to be posting content left and right. right. And after tour, for all of us, at least it was a struggle, like posting every single day or every other day or every week. And then now no content and feeling like you have to keep up. Yeah. You, you know? feel naked and, and right. disgusted. And like- we've even talked about it. Just like, I think so many creators deal with the issue of like, just trying to look at engagement and numbers and views and all this stuff. And so she had, a, I think she's come to a really good perspective on it. So we'll play that clip right now. I feel like what we do is like euphoric and like mm. you get like a high from shooting, right? You get a high from sharing your work and then you kind of have like a withdrawal space sometimes where if you don't share for a long time, you're like kind of start to get weird or like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, you know, you get that itch. I think success is like combating that, like realizing that that's not real and like that's not what's actually making you happy. That's why I'll be like, yo, let me just chill. Like, why am I being so hard on myself? Like, I just posted for like a year. Like, if I want to chill a little and like post pictures of my cat, I should be able to. Like, I shouldn't lose right, the success or the followings. But we're so caught up like on the numbers, and I don't feel like you should feel like you have to post every single day. Mm. Like, I feel like someone can come on my page right now and scroll for the last few weeks and get get some juice yeah Yeah, like let me like work it out like let me get re-inspired let me like come up with what i want to do because i want to hit people with like strong stuff all the time i don't want to give them mediocre stuff big shout out to raven um for doing the podcast i think it was the last podcast that she said she was going to do for a long time so we did that we (laughs) We got that one uh the next one is for is uh my boy mike parentu he's a a ridiculous director he comes from he reigns supreme from canada He's a Canadian, um, and the dude is a beast. He shares his whole story and his come up of how he was able to do all this stuff, starting in action sports and getting really uh, immediately into big, big, big budgeted projects. Like the first project he even did was uh, he like finessed his way into, into this project by showing his demo reel and then got 50 grand um, of like literally just got 50 grand off of a fake demo reel that he made from Passion Projects and had spent all of it 
before the project even started because he didn't understand how budgeting worked and somehow finished the project and made good with the company. But he learned a lot of lessons through not having any mentors or understanding of how this thing worked and has developed a massive career. The dude works for like, he's directed four commercials and, and, and travels all over the globe documenting and creating these really, really cool cinematic pieces, um, oftentimes done on a very limited crew. So I, yeah, I don't know. Mike's Mike's an inspiring dude. Yeah. So I I I love this episode because I feel like you know a lot of our episodes are people that we have on. You know they have big followings and so the podcast pop. And this was one that's like a deep cut, like a deep cut from an album where like you have to really listen to know that this one's fire. But he's so it's so like his story. First off, is the most complete we ever had in terms of his come up to the highest of highs to the very very lowest of lows and him being super yeah. real yeah. and then coming back again to like working with massive. Uh, massive companies and I feel like the things I learned from it are um, say yes and figure out later I think is a mantra that we've always talked about and you'll you'll hear in this and in, in some of the snippets like he would take on opportunities way before he was ready or even really had any idea how to do it but he would just act like he did he right. was always just one that would just walk into the situation and just act like he knew what he was talking about and then he would figure it out on the fly right and that kept working out for him and kept putting him in situations and I feel like when you like he, when he the way he came into it and the, to get where he had to go, it was just putting himself in challenging situations that forced him to grow faster than mm-hmm. anyone else would believe you could, you know. Yeah. And so uh, awesome. this snippet here is about how he basically directed, shot, and edited a documentary and learned on the fly while doing it. And his low moments that he talks about in the podcast are very, very real. Like he yeah. he took one of the hardest crashes that most people would have to bite the bullet, claim bankruptcy, go work a nine to five and somehow is able to come back out on top and, and develop a full-time career as a freelancer director. And, and it's pretty incredible. So, all right, let's get to the clip. I got picked up um, to do a universal film on the evolution of the, action sports. A yeah, documentary. The doc, right? I guess I got brought on just because of at that point now, I've worked with a lot of athletes in a lot of different sports, winter, summer, yeah, you've done kind of you name it. And so I had a lot of relationships, but I also knew like what you needed. Like by then I'd learned a lot from being at Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I've gone to like, I went to extreme sports school, basically you right. call it. Yeah. And so I did that with another homie and that was a two year project. Originally they were looking for a DP. Mm-hmm. So I came on as a DP, but then I became like co-direct and then I edited and scored a bit of the soundtrack yeah, you did er- like so much shit. Like it's the two of us did the whole thing yeah, basically. That's insane. We brought in a few other people here and there, but basically the two of us for two years in his basement and flying all over the world pounded that thing out. And I was still like super young at yeah. this point. Again, I learned everything during that project. Like that two years was like YouTube and work. Like I'd be doing something, we'd hit a wall, I'd YouTube it, figure it out do it right like it was crazy it's been my whole life journey though i've just learned trial and error trial and error Mm -hmm. youtube trial and error not much like i never went to school right like i graduated high school but that's it and i this was my schooling so where can people watch that now is that on itunes iTunes or something yeah it's called the search for freedom we had tony hawk to kelly slater to like everyone the cast list is crazy like 
so every day so I was shooting people. that film, I'm like, I can't believe I'm in your presence right now. Like, right. you're my idol. Yeah, it's big. It's a, like worldwide theatrical. Like, this was my shot. Right. And it won a lot of awards. Best yeah. produced, best cinematography. It did really well. Good work, man. Yeah, I was stoked. It was like, it was, it was a good stepping stone for me. And it gave me a lot of confidence. Right. Docs are tough too. From there, I... I had momentum. Thank you, Mike, for coming on the podcast. And I love that that is like the last episode, one of the last episodes that we did before we moved into this office. So if you're watching the clip on YouTube, you'll notice that we are sitting on a bright pink or purple couch. And that's in Lauren's office, done by Lauren's uh, uh, lash extension office. And me and Mike just posted up on her couch while the girls sat on the living room and had some wine. <laughs> uh, so it is what it is. But uh, the next person we want to talk about is Cash Bunny. So earlier you, he- you heard me talking during Ari's piece um, about Cash. Cash, I started paying attention to her through his credits. He was crediting her on a lot of stuff and started seeing her original content that she was making. And she is in the same lane as him, creating these very like micro bite pieces of contents that are just super high effective. And what I mean by that is she will take a quick like moment with someone her and Ari did these ridiculous pieces with Will Smith and Jada Smith uh Jada Pickett Smith and make them so like incredibly like engaging where you just are sitting there watching the loop the loop may be four seconds long and you're just totally in tune with it and the next thing you know you've watched the loop 15 times in a row because the way that they create their content is just so intriguing they add so many vfx elements which makes the lip the loop like a very trippy and animated and brands have caught on to that brands have fallen in love with that and they're getting booked left and right so cash has gone on to work with all kinds of brands she's we got a really cool in the field episode that's going to come out in 2020 um that is i can't say too much about it but it's behind the scenes on a clip that she did and yeah we we teach you the whole the whole thing about that so i'm excited for for her to be a part of the in the field season one and um for you guys to listen to our full episode yeah for sure shout out cash we love you uh yeah we so do. <laughs> so the, the some of the biggest le- i think just this one is not necessarily a, a, a minimal lesson but the thing i loved about her story so much is just uh as a creator if you're trying to figure out where your journey goes like you if you look at someone else's journey and you think like oh this person just is this person but like her story is like there's like six chapters and the way that they all link together is one of the most insane things I've heard. Like, I swear, like Absolutely. she literally like she goes from here and then she's just she's had at, in a low point, no job, no money. And she walks around in New York and texts someone. And all of a sudden she has an MTV job. Mm-hmm. And then the next, all of a sudden she applies for an insomniac job and she pulls up to that job in a, in a, in a van across country and like lives so, in a van yeah. while working for this company. And th- this these stories are insane. And I think the biggest lesson is just like understanding uh how how like you're not gonna figure out where you're going but just like if you're focused on the next thing and killing the next thing and then things kind of work out as they progress so yeah. definitely recommend it this snippet we're about to play is uh kind of like the beginning pop moment of her story where she just made a video for skrillex and the crazy story of her trying to get skrillex to watch it and he ends up finding it so let's play it now the westbrook people they're the people that make all the content for uh, Will Smith, they hit me up about a separate job. And I was like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to be at Coachella. Like, are you guys going to be there by any chance? And they were like, oh, yeah, Will's going to be there the second weekend. He would love to shoot something. So we found a spot backstage. One of the Westbrook guys was like, hey, so like Will's kind of tired and I don't know if he's going to be down. Will went to chill for just like a minute. 
uh, and then walked right over and he was ready and he's like, he, you know, introduced himself, super nice. We had them do all different, you know, poses, little dances, stuff like that. And it took us three minutes to shoot the whole thing. And then as we're walking away, Ari shows uh, Jada the reference video. She slows down and stops and she's looking at it. She's like, oh, that is so cool. She's like, wait, I want to do a cartwheel. They walked back and they did dances and they did cartwheels and they did all this wow. stuff because they just wanted to. Getting somebody to uh, somebody as big as Will Smith to specifically say this is a good editor, like that's like doesn't happen. Shout out to Cash for let, uh, coming on the podcast. She also gave us some very like exclusive Cash Bunny stickers. So me, me, Dave, and Darren, I think got some rare stickers, which is pretty fire. So sure, thanks for that. Um, the next guest or next person that we have is that one blonde kid, Jeremiah. He is a, a filmmaker that has been working with the Chainsmokers for for quite a while, and he's had an, a ridiculous journey getting to that point too. Um, this dude travels all over the globe. He's worked with major brands left and right, and it's just it's really cool what he's been able to develop from his standpoint of having a camera, using that to tell stories, using that to travel the world, using that to work with these major artists. They they go out on tour, and he captures all the video content with the chain smokers that just looks ridiculous, massive. They're playing in ridiculous arenas. Um, He's taking content to a whole nother level and dude jumps out of like helicopters or in airplanes and like as if he doesn't think he's going to die. Like that shit is terrifying (laughs) as hell to me. Uh, But yeah, exciting episode. I'm glad he came on the podcast. Cool dude to meet. Um, Excited to hang out with him more in 2022. But what are some of the lessons that we got from that one? Yeah. So some things you could take away from that one are uh, he he calls it. he, He says that his career has been built on the art of reaching out. He hopped on Instagram DMs early and he talks about how he used that to, you know, at the beginning of Instagram kind of popping as a social platform to get in contact with people that you wouldn't be able to get in contact with other ways and how he was able to like use that effectively as a business strategy. And then also uh, one thing he likes to say is redefine what's busy, what busy is to you. And Mm -hmm. he, there's so many parts of his story where, you know, he was working on six things at once or things were overwhelming and he was working on multiple things, turning around, being quick, being uh, efficient and, that was always impressing people he was working with and that was always adding to the next thing he was doing. So uh, this snippet is him talking about the time that he reached out by DM to Roy Kramer and that kind of changed his career. So some of those tactics you could still use today. Uh, Instagram DMs still work. It may be a little bit harder than it was for him at the time because it was a few years back, but I love love how he uses this tactic and I think it's very effective. And we even talked about um, using voice or audio recordings mm-hmm. on dms and someone listened to the podcast and then used that as a way to talk to me and i talked back to him which is it ended up working so it's pretty crazy literally my career is built off of like the art of reaching same out. bieber like um i'll show you music video in iceland comes yeah. out i go and look at the director's credit and it says shot by or directed by rory kramer so and then i was like i have to message him and just be like yo congrats whatever right and then i realized like okay like treat this like an agency thing like how do i bring value and how do I get my foot in the door? And I was like, look, you don't have any drone footage in any of your videos. I fly drone. Like, I'll shoot for you whenever for free, whatever you want. Like, I'm in LA. Let me know. And he's like, can you shoot something this weekend? I don't have to look for your email anymore. It's called DM. And and I got on that real early. Before there was any filters, you didn't get a preview on it. You either clicked there, you didn't. Yeah. I got notified, you read it. Every night, <clears throat> minimum three DMs was my, was my goal. What would you say is the best way you could reach out to someone? Three sentences straight to it skip all formalities nobody's doing audio messages audio is a big platform and then bringing value obviously yeah dave have you ever seen an instagram account with a feed 
that's so perfected that you want to shit your pants? No. Because Casey, Mc- <laughs> Casey McFerry has one. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think our next person we want to talk about is Casey McFerry. Oh, wow. Now that worked out. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just came up with it. But uh, my boy Casey is really does have this insane Instagram feed that is created via Photoshop probably and has like all these elements to it that have to be pre-planned, right? So if you go look at his feed, you can scroll back. He's been keeping it this style for over two years. Um, And it it even released an app that allows you to create your feed to look like his feed, which is nuts. Um, But anyway, he's worked with all kinds of massive brands. He's uh, the epitome of like an influencer filmmaker and grew up in extreme sports. And his story is just very cool to hear. There's so many. I love it when I f- feel the parallels of extreme sports playing a part of these creators like come up. There's something about being interested as a young kid in like skateboarding, snowboarding, dirt bikes, whatever it is that I think cinema has plays a parallel in. And uh, and that definitely happened for him. I mean, he grew up in like Southern California and was surfing and dirt biking, doing all these things. And then you see that kind of play a part in his ele- his elevation as a creator and yeah, super dope, super dope dudes. Fire interview and his content's like next level. Yeah, so I think uh, some things we take away from this one is uh, he kind of dives into like the specifics of brand deals. I think everyone wants to know like what does a brand deal look like? Like not only as an influencer, but what is how does working with brands on like campaigns right. work? Everyone wants to do one. Well, how does it work? He really like kind of gives you a, a dope behind the scenes look at that. And um, so in this snippet, you're gonna see kind of like how he explains how he goes about pitching to clients and like what he tries to convey to them when he is coming up with the concept. So we'll play that now. So when you did your first deal, what does that look like for you? It's all about, you know, showing value and why you should be there and like what you're bringing to the table. When you start working with brands like that, writing things down is definitely a good start because mm-hmm. you need to be able to explain to the client where their money's going and what the return looks like. And if you can prove to them like from start to finish the whole campaign or project, that when we start and by the end, you're gonna see this return in revenue or clicks or in likes. If it all ends up that way, that's great. Like obviously you go in with the grand scheme idea of like, this is what we wanna do and this is how it's gonna work. And then you present them different ideas of how it could work. That's where like my value comes in is that like I'll co-create just something that's different that gets people's attention. So that way when that brand repurposes it as an ad, they don't feel like ads. So kind of learning how to write proposals and budget breakdowns are probably like the best advice I could give someone Mm. who's trying to take their career to the next level. Dave, you want to know who else works with the Chainsmokers and would be a really good guest to have on the podcast? Um, Who, Ben? Danilo Lewis. Oh, no way we have had him. (laughs) Danilo, he's he's, uh, the photographer for the Chainsmokers, um, has a really exciting background uh, coming up in festival photography, which is really cool, which is funny because it plays... Both of those things have to do with some of the new In the Field episodes that we're going to release uh, soon with our season one. But we followed Danilo around while he was shooting with the Chainsmokers in Chicago. And we also followed a group of festival photographers at Rolling Loud because both of those things are really cool. And I feel like Danilo really opened up my eyes to what that circuit looks like working for um, festivals out versus working for artists. Um, 
and yeah, overall, his story is amazing. And dude's such a good guy and, and super nice and always willing to stick his neck out for creators, which is really cool. Yeah, I think, I think like, for especially for anyone trying to shoot artists, if, like, there's, we have a lot of people in Black and Cream who want to shoot artists, whether it's, like, working for artists, festivals, venues, whatever. Mm. This is, like, the... He, this is like the craziest blueprint for how you do it in the sense of he had a full-time job who did photography on the side until he f- wanted to take the leap quit mo- worked his way up in a venue house photography then did the entire festival circuit right. building relationship with artists and then ended up now full-time touring and yeah. so i feel like uh the biggest lesson is learning how he kind of not only strategized shooting and m- building relationships with artists but how he he his strategies for standing out, you know, especially in EDM photography, there's a million and rap photography, there's a million. So it's like how he goes about standing out and how that elevated his career. So, uh, he's going to talk about that right now. I looked at, at artist photography one way, which is always artist, 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 artist phase mm-hmm. behind the DJ booth. You saw those, those shots a thousand times. Right. What I wanted to do was shoot it like a festival, show the production. Right. There's a lot of money being put into this production. Hell yeah. Show it off. Right get into the crowd, get the eye view of the kids going crazy, mm-hmm. hands up, everything. Get every pyro shot, get every flame possible. Obviously do the, the artist shots and get the fire shots for those as yeah. well. But to me it was like- That's the no brainer shit. The other stuff where it's like, you gotta really concentrate and go here and go there. And it's like, you gotta run, you gotta haul ass to get to point A to point B. Be mindful of the time, the set time, that there's certain songs coming, there's certain moments for certain songs. Right. And to me, I was like, I want them to see the effort. There's a whole show happening out there. Right. And these artists are putting on a show. They want right. to see that. They right. spend this money. Yeah. Show me where my money's being mm-hmm. spent. And I wanted to, I wanted that show to look like what it was worth. Another fun guest that we talked to was uh, Jacob Owens. Jacob Owens is a ridiculous, ridiculous. I've said ridiculous a million times because I feel like all my guests have been ridiculous so far yeah, but we might need a ridiculous count we might need a ridiculous count but this dude is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to fucking entrepreneurial background and 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 filmmaking like he's taken being a dp videographer to a whole nother level this guy has made it a goal to buy his, a new house every year and he's done it like five years in a row now in la he just bought a new house they flipped into a, a, a set a scene like a setup scene thing that you can rent for shoots he just bought a, a massive acreage like this guy is nuts when it comes to trying to level up and find other assets that you can profit off of as a filmmaker um so he does that on the side and, and is being booked left and right to shoot music videos and DPs, short films, and things like that. I think with with his, it's like the most inspiring in terms of, uh, you know, we have so many episodes that are teaching you how to, you know, be a creative and things that to work in the business of creative, but he's really like one of the most inspiring people in terms of like leveling up the way you think about being an entrepreneur as a freelancer. Because, right. you know, we are the determinant of what, how much money we make and how do we elevate past just being a creative. And he's figured out how to make like an enterprise around being a creative. And so, uh, you know, in this in this we're about to play, he talks about you know why it's important to diversify your income and build multiple sources. So let's play that now. So how important is it to create several different avenues of revenue? It is the most important thing you can do, I think. At the end of the day, like I said, at some point something is going to end, in my opinion. One, for the security of like your future, if, if something ever stops, your main source stops, you have at least something else to supplement it or just so you can do whatever you want to do. That's why we were able to do prism lens effects. We could stop doing a lot of jobs to like get that up and running to the point because we had Tropicolor right. doing well. You know right. what I mean? That's how you build the future you want. You 
you want to make a movie now you can put your money into the movie and spend time making your own little movie because you have something coming in on the back end right but if you only have one source and that one source is working a day job or working a day rate you know right. it's hard to kind of stop everything and do something you want to do we just recorded this one not too long ago but um I, i'm glad we're picking it because this moment in this podcast is so heavy for me and this is with chris parsons Chris is uh, Kendrick Lamar's photographer. He shoots a ton of models and, and works for different brands, shooting, doing photo shoots and stuff, studio photographer, legend. Um, but in the interview, we really talk about that moment, you know, when, you, when you're trying to make it and you're pretty much out of options. And he found himself in that position. And during, it was one of the, I don't know, it's just such a fucking real moment. I'm, we're going to play it for you so you'll understand what I'm talking about. But he like kind of breaks down and remembers the turning point in his life where it switched for him. And uh, I don't know, I was impressed by him getting on here and being vulnerable enough to share that moment with everybody. And I highly suggest you listen to the whole episode because it all makes sense when you see it in perspective. Yeah, I remember I'm, I'm in a bar with my homie Anwar from college. It's like one in the morning, and I'm telling him the story. Like, he's like, "Bro, what are you doing here right now?" It's like, go to the airport and fucking fly to LA. So, I had to borrow money. Actually, I remember I borrowed some money. I uh, got my flight and went out, and then uh, this show Rhett wasn't there. So, you know, the homies. I'm kind of new to the homies. Right. I saw Kendrick walked in, said what's up, and I heard him perform, and then. He said, peace out. And, you know, by the time I got in, I missed the whole moment. Damn. So now I'm stranded in L.A. <laughs> I got evicted from my spot in New York. Okay, wait. So, yeah, to pedal back, you moved to New York from Florida. Yeah. So you were living in New York for a minute. Yeah. So you, you and the I homies like were all a year, living there? year in New York. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you get evicted in the time that you were in L.A.? Yeah, in that time, yeah. Because I was already kind of like skating by ice, being kind of late with rent. So yeah, right. This was like, like the go. Yeah, it's over. So... Uh, I ended up crashing at a homie spot and then I remember it was like right before New Year's Eve and um, my girlfriend dumped me my homie was like bro I love you but end of this month man I don't really think you could stay here in New York uh, I'm in LA now okay, stay, you just stayed in LA yeah. so you just came out here and stayed here yeah Damn. so <laughs> the night of I have this letter I wrote to God like December 30th at like 11pm and I was just like in tears fuck i was like god i've done everything like everything you know and uh bro this shit got me chilling this is crazy Yeah, I guess sometimes you run, 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 and you forget. But yeah, damn. I mean, we. So I, yeah. I wrote this letter, and I, I wrote to God. I was like, I've tried everything. Please, I surrender. Like whatever. Right. And the next day, Rhett calls me. He's like, Hey, bro, what are you doing tonight? Uh, we need somebody to shoot New Year's Eve show. I was like. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. I got nothing else to do. And then finally, this was the night I got to shoot. Um, it's like New Year's Eve show. Um, it's like right after Good Kid, Mad City dropped. 
Right. And then first time I get to shoot by myself, and then I um, I remember I stayed up that night and I just edit that shit. And then by the time they woke up that morning, they had like a three and a half photos? minute clip like done. Oh, you're doing video? Yeah. Okay. And they, uh, you know, ended up they liked it. Another banger episode that we recorded towards the end of 2019 is with Morgan Cooper. So this may be fresh. You may not have not have heard of it yet. Uh, legend, young filmmaker from Kansas City who has destroyed the internet with two viral releases. Uh, one, which is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air release that he did. He did like a remake of that, what it would look like in modern day and took internet by storm, even got Will Smith to reach out to him and fly him down to Miami to meet him. And uh, he also did a short film called You Shoot Videos, which is a ridiculous 40 minute episode. Ridiculous, I said it again, mark it down on the counter. but banged it out and made a it felt so real from those videographers out there that have been coming up shooting music videos you'll you'll relate to it it's a, it's an incredible episode yeah so i mean shit this, this is definitely one of our best of the year it comes right at the end uh and i feel like there's so many lessons from this in the sense of he, he's a great perspective of like a, if you're trying to a real filmmaker making caring about the art of filmmaking you mm -hmm. know what i mean and part of that is him he was a co commercial dp very successful in that lane, constantly being booked. But he has this whole he had this whole other vision for where he wanted to go creatively, and he you you learn the value that he placed in like investing in his portfolio through his spec work that he was creating on the side. Right, and uh, you know the importance of building the things that are going to get you to go where you want to go, even if that's not where you're making money. We talked about that earlier, but uh, he talks about putting aside all this even after he got signed to CAA a massive agency he was getting a ton of work thrown his way and he put it all aside to make you shoot videos because he was so passionate about creating that film which is a personal project right which is a personal project and that project again changed everything for him so um, we'll play a snippet from him right now Prior to this year, I was working as a DP, so I was shooting commercials. I wanted to pivot into writing and directing, so I was taking money I was making from commercials and pumping them into my own spec projects, my own shorts. A short that I, I made that we released in March, it was called Bel Air, mm -hmm. went viral, and that was a chance for me to officially pivot into writing and directing, so I signed with CA. But I'm really thankful for my foundation as a DP, and you know, prior to that, working as like a one-man band and right. these music videos, and it all really started with you know a Canon T2i that I bought on my 18th birthday. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, to pivot from commercials to the features you know mm -hmm. but like the the stuff that would come across my desk the scripts weren't stuff that uh, that I wanted to show I wasn't really interested in the material it was really hard to find good material with substance you uh -huh. know and st stuff that I really uh, felt like I had something to contribute and so I started writing I was yeah. like you know what? I'm just gonna make it it's like I really wanted to to push myself and test myself like as a writer and mm -hmm. like as you know a director as well I can't wait forever to like get this stuff to come across my desk so I gotta make it we've got to take our careers in our own hands yeah. at every level all right, guys, so that's that's our 11th, and we're here with our 12th episode we're going to highlight, and I definitely, honestly recommend you go listen to Ben's interview. I don't think a lot of people know we have it on our channel. It <laughs> yeah. was the first one we dropped of the year. Of the year. Uh -huh. um, so it might have got buried a bit, but, I mean, if you're a fan of Black Window Cream, if you're a fan of Ben, which you probably are because you're listening, uh, his story is wild. You hear it, bits and pieces of it, through all of the episodes that we record. He's right. always telling stories, but to hear it, all from start to finish especially like a whole phase of his life where he was a musician and was really really chasing music that i don't think a lot of people understand uh, and how that plays in the future so uh definitely go search that one out and uh i think you'll you'll feel a lot more understanding of like why black window cream exists i love that episode because it, my first before i say this 
also check out Dave's episode because Dave got I interviewed Dave this year at the beginning of the year close kind of yeah kind of middle I guess middle of the year but go look up Dave's episode because it's the same thing you're gonna hear his story of how this all came to be which is one of my favorite success stories of black widow cream in my opinion um, but for my interview I really loved it because I got to sit down with Andrew Sandler who is the first person that put me on in LA and literally is the like the catalyst of my shit um directed uh chris brown's documentary and i co-edited that film with him he's done mary j blige's documentary he's worked with all kinds of artists superstar so it was cool to be able to sit down and like have he's seen my growth and for him to kind of pick at it as we go and allow me to share it was it, i don't know it just felt very real and like yeah like a full circle moment like yeah. you have to tie it up which yeah. is tight yeah that's cool but well I yeah think we have so a clip yeah uh, yeah, we do have a clip from that, which is, is, is a dope clip. So let's play that now. When I got done with the tour, I had su- built like a small fan base, but they were all like photo video driven people. Like there's fans that are just fans of the music, but then there's a lot of fans that were fans of the art that I was creating. And they would ask me a million questions. And that kind of bridges us into like me starting Black Window Cream at that time, which when I started, I'm like, at the time they wanted me to do Kendrick's tour, the damn tour. Remember? Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to decide if I go on that tour, if it was worth not take like the budget we're, you know, we're having differences. And ultimately I decided not to take the tour. And the day the tour started, I'm thinking I made the biggest mistake of my life trying to like flex and be like, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, do I do this and take the hit on money again or, and try to build the opportunity? I, I was like, I feel like I shouldn't. I have all these other projects and opportunities that have come so far. Like I need to do all these. And so when I didn't do the tour, I launched Black Window Cream the same day the tour started. And that wraps it up, guys. This is uh, this has been fucking awesome. We just showed you 12 episodes that came out in 2019, but that you have to understand is just 12. We did one every single Sunday this year, so there's so many more episodes that you have to listen to. The catalog is thick. If you're new, if you're experienced, it doesn't matter. Um, each person that I've had a chance to sit down and talk to I know for a fact will offer value to you. I wouldn't sit down with them if it, if it wasn't going to bring value to the, the community, just like we do everything for this community. Um, I always wanted to have a major impact and I think that everyone's stories really can do that for you. So highly suggest you check out the catalog 2019, go back, download them all, start banging them out when you're driving to work or making your bed in the morning or taking a shit. I always think that, I always think that the ones that I, that I'm not expecting to be the ones that are fire are, more fire you know what i mean because yeah. uh you know like if you're a photographer and you only listen to photographer stories you're not getting like sometimes the, it's it's morley who is right. a, a legit artist who says something that was like damn i've never thought about it like that. exactly you know what i mean which or, plays a part in your photography right you know what I mean? or if it's the, it's the musician and, and he looks at his career in a different way i feel yeah. like it's it's valuable that's what we love we're trying to be diverse with the episodes we have so and i've noticed that too like uh, for podcasts that i follow that i'm a fan of i i go to and watch or listen to the ones that have recommend recognizable names and as soon as i run out of those i'll be like oh but i still like the podcast like I trust them to interview someone else. Like what else could I find? And I'll click on something that I don't know who the person is. I don't know what the topic is. And the, the next thing I know, I'm like obsessed with whatever they're talking about. And I've, I've gained so much knowledge in that. And that's, what's cool about this shit is that, yeah, I don't know. There's, it doesn't always have to be a popular name to like click on it, but this is great. I'm glad we got to do this. This is officially the last, this the is last the last one. thing we're about to record of the entire year. So how are we ending this shit? I think we got to tell them to get ready for 2020. It's about to be a ride. We got, nothing but insane what was the word i kept saying last ridiculous time? nothing but ridiculous fucking ideas that we're about to unleash 
that will help you level up in 2020. <laughs> All right. This is going to be the illest. We've already said this is the illest education space on the planet for content creators. For content creators, it's the illest one. All right. And it's going to get even better. We're getting bigger motherfucking brands. We're getting all the people that are ill in this game to come on the show, to come through on Morning Roast, to come on our YouTube channel, whatever it is that we can put together. It's going to be a, a, a big, 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 big step up for us in 2020. So I'm excited for everyone that's here right now and is going to take this journey. If those For those of you who have been there since I hit launch on this shit from day one, like you've already seen what's happened in two years time. You know what I mean? Uh, that's crazy. That's really crazy to think about that Damn. shit. So shout out to everyone who's been here since day one. Shout out to you. If today's your first day with us, we appreciate you. Just understand you're, you're, you just clicked in with the illest shit on in, yeah, the, in the world. Is, this is the waviest podcast you've ever been a part of. <laughs>